Welcome to another episode and thanks a lot that you're here. Today, we're gonna talk with Tess. And Tess dropped a career as an English teacher because she felt she could make such a bigger impact in people's life when she was gonna teach English outside of what she calls the traditional education system. You will hear all about how she helps professionals to increase their international impact by making them feel confident while talking in English. Whether if it is that you have international ambitions with your business, you work in an international workplace, or you simply feel that English will increase your quality of life, this is your girl. We both strongly believe that we should never assume that even though we speak the same language, we actually speak the same language because the cultural context will always win. Enjoy today's episode and uh, I have for you Tess. Very warm welcome Tess. Hi, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I am beyond excited to have you here. Uh, I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Uh, you, Dutch from origin, lived in Canada for a year. And that's where, if I understand it correctly, you found a love for the English language. And you worked for years in what you call the traditional education system. And even mm -hmm. though you enjoyed teaching, you knew that you wanted to make a bigger impact in people's lives. And you do yes. that with your own business. You help Dutch professionals, entrepreneurs with their international uh, businesses and to become more confident when communicating in English. I think it's a fabulous mission. I'm really looking forward to talking to you about the impact of the English language and uh, why being comfortable in English is, uh, is different than being fluent and what drives you. So thanks again yeah. for being here. Thank you. How <laughs> that was are a good you? Introduction. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Happy that you liked it. Happy. I mean, uh, uh, great. So, so tell me all about it. You swapped what you call the traditional education system for running your own yeah. business, helping people yeah. becoming comfortable in English. So, what is the yeah. traditional education system, and what are the differences according to you? Well, um, I was I was a teacher for uh, for a long time, almost 20 years, I think. And um, as a teacher, you are operating within a certain system, uh, the educational system in the Netherlands. And the the thing that I had a lot of trouble with was um, how how it's organized, because I teach the students English. Um, but it was a lot of grammar, a lot of vocabulary, um, a lot of reading. But I was starting to I was starting to notice that we didn't really help our students to speak English. And you know, when you're a teacher within the system, um, you might recognize the fact that it's difficult to deviate from that system because you know a lot of things are just uh, you're supposed to do them. You're supposed to follow certain guidelines. And even though I did my best to help my students with their English speaking skills, it was still difficult if you have lots and lots of grammar tests to finish with them. So it started to bother me 
uh, first a little bit and then a lot. And I couldn't really sell that system to the students anymore because the fact that I was encountering so many adults who all said, you know, I've had English in high school. I can read. I can listen. I can do all those things in English, but I cannot speak. And that was very understandable. So I was becoming, you know, a little bit burnt out with the whole system, even though I still had a passion for teaching. I did not like being in that system anymore. So I decided to just quit. And I also saw an opportunity for me to help all these amazing people with all these amazing messages to really get their messages out there on an international level. So that's why I decided to do what I'm doing right now. I mean, it's it's uh, such an inspiring story. And I, I can really relate to what you're saying that within the traditional way of education, you we assume that everyone learns the same way, picks up on... Uh, the knowledge in the exact same way. I can, for example, really relate in the Spanish language. I feel very comfortable, but when I need to give a professional presentation, I struggle to get out the words, really. And uh, for me, going through the traditional education system probably will not work. So it isn't a one-size-fits-all solution, I guess. No, true. No, no. But in the, within the education system, you are going to get a one-size-fits-all solution. Exactly. You know, because you're with uh, 30 students in a classroom, sometimes even 32. Have you ever missed it? I miss teaching. Yeah, sometimes I do. Um, I did love the teaching part. Um, I didn't love giving grades and telling people how to do things because, you know, what I noticed, especially with standardized tests, because I am I, I am not pro-standardized tests, not at all, because I don't think they're in the interest of the individual students. Um, and I also think they make you afraid of mistakes. So those parts I don't miss, but I do miss the students. Absolutely. Yeah. And what, because you say I, I miss teaching or I miss the students and what is... Can you tell us what is the difference between the traditional way of teaching and what you do now? Well, um, I, um, I, I, I really, I don't do anything I used to do anymore. I, 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 I actually, I invented my own methods, you know, uh, where I really start with mindsets. Um, and I have these uh, four, I have this four step system to really help you, you know, get fluent and really, Uh, develop your English speaking skills. Um, And I just focus a lot on mindset and on, you know, getting out of your comfort zone, the fear of speaking, um, especially in professional context, right? Because it's very scary to have to do a presentation, especially when it's not your native language, Uh, things like that. Or when you have to, uh, you know, record videos in English or, or do podcasts in English, that can be pretty scary if it's not your native language. So that can make you very insecure. So I focus on mindset a lot. And that's where the difference is from, you know, my uh, standard teaching job in the past. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Definitely. And so the, the people that you work with, let's say, are Dutch professionals. And you just gave an example mm-hmm how scary it can be to give a presentation in English or record a podcast in English or uh, everyone in the professional field would like to show the best of themselves. So how 
how is it that you work with these people? How do you do that? Well, um, a lot of these people already have a good knowledge of English, but they don't realize that. And the great thing about working on your mindset first is that after a couple of weeks, they tell me, oh, my God, I, I didn't realize I knew this much. My English isn't that bad, but it's just making that mindset shift. And then when you do, when you make that shift, your brain just uh, opens up a little bit and you're more open minded. And then you start to realize my English wasn't that bad to begin with. And that's the great part, I think. That must be such a confidence boost. Yeah. To realize absolutely. that. And, yeah. 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 And you're Dutch yourself. So you know that, you know, a lot of Dutch people do have a good knowledge of English. Um, but speaking English is just a completely a, a, a different matter. And, you know, a lot of clients who come to me and say, I cannot speak English at all. I don't have a good vocabulary. I don't know any grammar rules. And then after a couple of weeks, they're like, hmm, I know much more than I thought I did. So that's the amazing part, I think. Really, really cool. And with what type of desires or what type of learning goals your customers come to you? Um, very different things. Very different things. I have customers who, um, for example, a customer who works in an international company and she has been working there for years. Uh, but speaking English just cost her too much energy. And she's really working on that now. Uh, and she has, uh, you know, uh, she is a manager. So it's it's important for her that she, um, you know, really steps up as a leader. And she thought that was pretty difficult doing that in English. And I also have students who, um, you know, are coaches and want to become international coaches instead of just doing the coaching in the Netherlands. And I also have, uh, for example, someone uh, who doesn't really need it for work or for a business, but just, uh, you know, uh, people who say, I think I should be able to speak English because this world is, you know, globalizing more and more. It's just important for me that I'm able to when I need to. Definitely. I think globalization and also digitalization really has mm, yeah. opened up the world literally and provided tools for us to co communicate with people from all around the world, from all across cultures. And being comfortable in English definitely opens a lot of doors. It it for me, yeah. it has a limit eliminated the boundaries, really, literally. Being able to express yourself in a, in an authentic way, in a professional way as well, within the international uh, industry is so liberating. Yeah, absolutely. I think so too. And, and I think it's so important that all these wonderful people with all these important messages, you know, that that they're able to... To, to convey those messages on an international level so that more people, you know, can learn from them or can be inspired by them. I think that's amazing. Definitely. And, and for English as a tool to be able mm -hmm. to persuade international ambitions. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I am curious to, to hear your thoughts on in the preparation of this talk today. 
I found out that English is spoken as a mother tongue in 39 countries worldwide. And in 19 additional countries, it's spoken as an additional or second native. And then the majority of the world's population speaks English as an extra language. And still, and you know this, Tess, I always say never assume that when we speak the same language, we speak or we actually speak the same language, right? Mm -hmm. So what's your view on that? What's your take on that? Well, um, you're right. There are so many countries where English is spoken first as a mother tongue and then as a second language. Um, and can you, can you imagine all these different cultures, you know, 39 countries, you said, I didn't even know there were 39, but that means that there are so many different cultures um, and every culture has its own uh, way of doing things or has its own way of communicating. So, yeah, definitely, even though we all speak the same language, we don't really speak the same language, like you said. Yeah. No, and and very often in in business English we refer to British or American English. Mm, yeah. And for example, the other day I was working with um with someone in the international uh, business, and he said, "Yeah, we found out that half of the organization had a spell check in British, and the other half had it in American, and this was so frustrating. And for me, it was." Well, I wouldn't call it an eye opener, but for me, it was such a so unfortunate that that was that that view is so limiting as well, because Mm. even though we all speak English, I mean, there's so much more nuances than British or American English. Absolutely. Yes, I agree with that. And and that's. Yeah, that's why I also think that, you know, a lot of people tell me, you know, I would love to sound like a native speaker, for example. Um, first of all, what does a native speaker sound like? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There are so many native speakers. And I know the benchmark is American English or British English, but still, I mean, <laughs> even then you have all these different kinds of native speakers, you know, so that's surprising to me as well. Yeah. And uh, so you... You once told me that there's a difference between fluent, being comfortable, or without any errors. Would you mm-hmm. would you like to elaborate yeah. on that? Yeah, absolutely. I I love talking about the subject. Yeah, I know. When I ask people what what do you think fluency is, and usually they will tell me, you know, uh, speaking English perfectly. Uh, whatever that may mean and I don't believe that you know perfection exists Um, and I also don't believe I mean if you go to look at the dictionary then uh, the definition of fluency would be speaking uh, fast and uh, comfortably and without any problems um, and without any hesitations my definition of fluency is speaking yeah speaking comfortably absolutely making mistakes but then also um being able to go on after making those mistakes and i think that's the most important thing because even native speakers make mistakes all the time there's nothing wrong with making mistakes so being fluent does not mean speaking without any mistakes being fluent means being able to be comfortable you know be speaking in in english 
um, making a minor mistake, thinking, okay, no problem, I'll go on. Because a lot of people, what I'm noticing when they, you know, first start the coaching with me and they have to speak English, of course, uh, and they make a small little mistake. And then you can see it happening in their mind, right? Oh, I made a mistake. Oh, and now I have to go on. And what do I say now? And I'm getting a little bit stuck. And then the anxiety rises and then you get into this cycle, this loop that you can't get out anymore and you just get stuck. And that's how people get stuck, right? But you can also think, okay, I made a mistake and now I'm going on. And I think that's that's what fluency means. And how do you think overcoming that mindset or maybe rewiring that mindset really uh, is is helping us to make an impact in the international workplace well it's it's not an easy thing to do i mean you know when you have negative thoughts about your english and your fluency they have been there for years and years probably right so it's not easy to just change that i think the first step is to become aware of those thoughts and not just while speaking, but also before you start to speak, right? What what are the thoughts you have before you start speaking? Are they negative? Oh my God, I have to speak now. Am I going to make mistakes? How are people going to find my English? Uh, are they going to judge me? All those things. And then while speaking, you can have all these thoughts as well. And after speaking, oh my God, I did it. How did it sound? How did, did people find any... So those constant thoughts that are normal... Be aware of them first. I I so love this. Realize, yeah. yeah, realize that voice in your head that's telling you all these things. Uh, as soon as you know, you know, what that voice is saying, then you can start reassuring that voice. Okay, but this is important for me. Uh, making a mistake, it doesn't matter. Most people don't even notice these mistakes because a lot of they are only focused on my message. And then you can, okay, maybe I'm not fluent right now yet, but I'm learning and we all start somewhere and try to really uh, reprogram your brain by changing these thoughts. And that's not easy. Definitely, it's not easy. And it requires a lot of practice and you do have to, you know, repeat this constantly. But when you do this regularly, you will notice a difference because then you can successfully reprogram your brain to think other thoughts. But first start with acknowledging these are the limiting beliefs I have about my English. I I love how, how you start with, let's say, self-awareness about this. Because mm. what I always say when I help people um, overcoming cultural differences in the international workplaces we always start with how aware are we of our own culture how aware yeah. am i of what is my preferred way of communicating do i prefer to communicate very explicit concrete simple or maybe very high context everything in between the lines and we i always start with self awareness or or self evaluation on that one and I think that's so crucial because very often, mm-hmm. yeah. and I also see that when we look at communicating in English, it's the native English speakers that have the hardest time adjusting to the international English workplace. Mm-hmm. Because they are very comfortable. I mean, Same. obviously, they're, it's their native language. Um, so I always advise them, you know, to slow down, go on half the speed, 
adjust to your yeah. audience, try to stay away from all the fluffy, very impressive wording, but, you know, very, very <laughs> yeah. confusing for many. You always say yeah. that you see English as a tool rather mm, than... Yeah. You. We've, yeah. What can you, what, where does that come from? Well, a lot of people, when they start out with me, they tell me, you know, they want to sound uh, like a native speaker. But I think English is used as a tool. So it's actually a lingua franca, right? So it's a means of communication, a, a means of, you know, communicating and connecting with other cultures. And that's where it should be, you know, the English as a lingua franca is important. So you don't need to speak like a native speaker. Um and, I, you know, what is a native speaker? We can have an hour-long discussion about that. <laughs> um, but what you have to do is be able to connect with other people. And that's where you need to use your English for. So making those connections and uh, making those connections doesn't mean speak like a native speaker or speak perfectly. It just means be your authentic self in English, you know, and say what you want to say. And, and 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 reach people's hearts and what you do is extremely important because when you want to make connections with other cultures you have to take into account your own culture and the other culture of course oh absolutely and i i love how you refer to making connections because i i often say without trust regardless of cultural background without trust there's no way that you can build a successful international business Every human being needs a certain level of trust, but how we build that trust and how we really make a connection across cultures is very different, very different. So we look at, is that extremely relationship oriented, meaning from human to human, or is that more uh, task-based? So how do I know that I get my money after we have done business? Well, one is because we signed a contract. And two is mm -hmm. because I know who you are. I know who you have seen. Or I know uh, who you are beyond your professional responsibilities. And every, every individual, even from countries that are very task-based, huh? very contract agreement, rule-driven, still likes to invest in the relationship it's just yeah. that the trust is built differently but the connections are always important regardless of where in the world everyone is human relation oriented yeah yeah and that's why i always say you know it's not about perfection it's the message you're giving absolutely and i think how we give that message in what cultural context? Yes, that's a challenge. But English as a tool to make that happen, um, I think it's very refreshing also to look at it as a tool because then it's something mm -hmm. that we use in order to achieve something bigger. Yeah. You know, speaking absolutely. English on its own is not the goal. No, definitely not. No. And it's a lot of my students start out thinking, you know, that this is the goal but it's of course you know a means of getting somewhere else 
what is it that you want? What is it that you want to accomplish? And it can be anything, right? It can be uh, getting that job, uh, getting that promotion. Um, I had a client who, after our coach coaching, got an amazing international position, uh, like huge, a big promotion, awesome. Or even if it's just being able to travel and connect with people along the way. I mean, it doesn't really matter, but really think about what is your end goal and what do you need your English for? Because that is going to be your driving force. Um, just having as a goal, uh, I want to improve my English is not enough to get you going for, you know, it needs to be a sustainable thing. It needs to be something you can constantly be reminded of. And then English is a great way to get there. But what is it? Where is it you want to get? I I love this approach, and I think for me, being comfortable in English, being able to work in English, and even with Dutch customers, really, I prefer to do it in English because sometimes we both know these things sound much more sexy in English <laughs> than in Dutch. Let's put it like that. Yeah. Um, especially when we're looking at the, you know professional. Uh, vocabulary and so on but for me it has opened so many doors and and career in an international environment whether if it was in the Netherlands in Singapore in Japan or in South America you know it it has always helped me and I'm still learning my you know professional business English every day I pick up on new words every day but it's not an yeah it's not a goal on its own because it comes very no, naturally. True. And that's what I would wish for your customers, customers as well. Yeah, yeah. And what I always say, what you say is correct. I mean, you've been living in another country and speaking English for so long. But what I always say to my customers, are you ready to make English a part of your life? Oh, wow. And what are the general answers to that? Well, um, it, it, most of them realize that, you know, if you really want to improve it, you'll have to make it a part of your life. Yeah. And that's why I always say, don't, a lot of students start out with, oh, I've studied for one and a half or one hour every day for the last week, but that's not going to be sustainable, right? Uh, how are you going to do that six months from now? You, you're not, and that's okay. So that's why I always say, you know, try five days a week, 15 minutes a day, uh, start small, Ma you know, create those little habits that really are going to make a big difference in a couple of months or a year from now on. Uh, but really try and make it a part of your life. So, yeah, and that's that really helps a lot of my students to make it into this habit that they can, you know, keep up. And I think once it is part of your life, it doesn't feel that it's part of your life anymore because mm -hmm. it's natural. True. It's yeah. natural. It's just why, there. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And that's that's the most important thing. It's why I always say, don't rely on motivation. It's a great starter, definitely. But motivation on its own is not something that keeps you going because motivation is a feeling. It comes and it goes. And if you rely on motivation, then you're not going to, you know, keep it up. So you need to um, build the habits create those habits that are going to be you know sustainable and long lasting in a way that it fits into your life seamlessly like you said you know you don't even think about it anymore beautiful and i see that uh the also the the recent pandemic has brought 
especially in the Netherlands, quite some opportunities for many. I mean, working remote, we have the opportunity to hire colleagues from all over the world. It doesn't really matter anymore where you're based or what language you speak, as long as in the international workplace we speak English. Do you see in the Dutch mm -hmm. market that tendency and how does that affect your work? Yeah, I I think so. Um, I think the, the the most significant significant thing is that a lot of people are realizing how much um, opportunity there is to, in working online, and and that's the big difference. So so many people started to become you know uh, online entrepreneurs, uh, selling courses and things like that, and coaching uh, uh, like me as well. Although I um, uh, I coach Dutch people. That's my main focus, although I also coach uh, internationally sometimes. I also have clients from Chile, for example. Um, but I do think that they're, you know, the online business is booming. And that's why I have a couple of clients and they're coaches. And they they say to me, you know, the Netherlands is, is, is too small for me right now. I want to expand. And that's what's happening when you, you know see this booming online business and it's getting easier now easier and easier i mean the world is at our fingertips literally definitely and we mm -hmm. don't need to do even travel or physically move ourselves in order to connect with others no we don't you you just said that once in a while you have international customers you have someone in chile country very close to my heart as you know um, mm -hmm. is your approach the same, whether if you work yeah. with Dutch people or with, uh, people from different yeah. countries? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. It also, it depends on, on the goals the, the you know, the, the students wants to reach, but yeah, my approach is the same every time. I, I also, you know, I did training for a company in Myanmar. That was great. I do wished I knew, you know, you before I started that job. It was awesome. And I gave them a great training. But um, that's when I realized, you know, I speak English and they speak English, but we don't really speak the same language. <laughs> that was an eye opener for me. And I think I didn't know you then. So, yeah, well, that was an important eye opener. <laughs> because what happened there? What was the eye opener that you thought, ah, well, um, they, I mean, Myanmar is, of course, an Asian country. And I, you know, then there's me, this Dutch person. And um, they, they look at teachers differently than here in the Netherlands. So a teacher there is an authority figure that you do what that person says. And, you know, um definitely listen and and it's it's really it's an author and and i wanted to be their equal you know i i trained them of course and i i i taught them things but i wanted them to see me as an equal and to speak to me like that and i constantly said you know tell me what's what's on your mind speak let me know if you agree don't agree but it was very difficult because they just had such a hard time with my directness i think that's that was the biggest problem and yeah I, I focus on mindset. So I wanted to dive deep into the whole mindset thing straight away. Um, and I don't know, maybe you can explain to me. <laughs> you can guess what happened, I think. But they were like, oh, my God, who is this? What is she doing? Um, so, yeah, they really had to get used to me. 
And it took, I think, after six sessions, I I, I finally realized, okay, now they they're opening up and you know. <laughs> but I, it was I an love this example. Yeah, I love this example. And I think I I I we could talk for hours about this specific example. Um yeah. but there's definitely a couple of things that I would like to highlight. So uh, one is, and you brought that in yourself, how we refer to authority says something about mm. how we look at hierarchy or if we prefer a flat way of working. And in the Netherlands, one of uh, a very strong egalitarian country. So a teacher is a facilitator among others. We don't really yeah. refer to a teacher in the Netherlands as someone that has the authority. In Myanmar, mm-hmm. however, uh, that is very, very different. <laughs> so yeah. someone like you, and you managed after six sessions, but the risk, for mm-hmm. example, in the professional work field is that if you enter a group from with students or customers that are much more hierarchical and you come in with this super, we are one team, fantastic, let's do it together <laughs> yeah. approach, you lose credibility in the workplace as a leader, you lose credibility because in their eyes, from their perspective, a good leader shows authority. So the fact that you didn't makes you weak. Well, that's one. Mm -hmm. Then the fact that it took you six sessions is because building trust is differently for Mm -hmm. you coming from the Netherlands, you build trust because, you know, the context is clear. You're the teacher, you're there to do good things and you're there to help them. And they pay you for that. And that is what for you is enough to have a trust and and let's say a safe environment. For many cultures across the globe, and in this case, Myanmar is one of them, you build trust through the personal connection. So who are you? Mm. Who are you beyond your English teaching role, what is it that drives you in life? And that costs much more time. For them, costs mm. more time. So the fact that you were consistent in your behavior for six sessions <laughs> is yeah. has been your save, basically your lifesaver, I think. Because okay. the consistency <laughs> shows them like, oh, but she really is. This is really tough. You know, she's the same every session. Uh, Yeah, she's a bit weird maybe with her, you know, like (laughs) fantastic. Uh, Let's do this together. (laughs) I need your input. Uh, Yeah. And this is what I call cultural perception. So how we perceive each other, that doesn't mean that there's wrong or right, but we perceive each other in a certain way. And the beauty is that two cultures... Two different cultures can look at the exact same culture and perceive them differently. So basically, if you would have a class or a group program with people from three different cultures, they will all perceive you differently. And this is why I always say if your business success depends on the cultural perception, you start with yourself. You start yeah, with absolutely. your cultural profile. Yes, that's that's so important. I think you're so right with that. Yeah, and it really, really suits, or it really 
overlaps your work that you do with mindset and you know being mm. aware of your limiting beliefs in in when it comes to speaking english and your yeah. mission to help people become more comfortable i think is so incredibly empowering mm-hmm. yeah i, I really think so think, too i think it's uh it's gonna open a lot of doors for many whether if it's entrepreneurs expanding their business internationally or people working more easily in the international workplace i think is is such a beautiful mission yeah yeah i think so too and i think that i i love what i do right now i think it's so incredibly important and, and um you know this this makes me happy so i'm i'm very happy that i found my mission and um yeah there's nothing makes me more happy than seeing these wonderful people you know getting so comfortable in english and first they start off so incredibly uncomfortable uh, <laughs> oh yeah i've been there that i yeah. i know the it's, real. It's, yeah well i know too i mean i've studied english for seven years i have my bachelor's degree i have my master's degree i have my cambridge certificate everything and still i was insecure when speaking english yeah i felt the pressure it needs to be perfect so i really couldn't really speak because i was afraid people were going to judge me so i i know what they're going through so all the mindset work i did on myself is the same mindset work i'm doing with my clients and and it's funny because some people when i tell this story people are like what you insecure yes definitely I feel the same pressures. Yeah. Even more so. I mean, I've studied English, so I should be able to speak like a native speaker. That's my limiting belief. And I've worked on that, thankfully. Thankfully, yeah. I was otherwise I was about to ask you the question, like, and so what is a native speaker to you, Tess? Yeah. Just to reflect. <laughs> oh, joke. I know, joking. I know. It's <laughs> it's great to see how your, you know education your professional background your experience but also your passion drive and enthusiasm comes together in in um running your business and how can people work with you um i have one-on-one coaching so uh, i coach people one-on-one so they they have certain goals they want to reach and we're going to you know make that happen And I also have a group program that's for the Dutch people, uh, Dutch people who already have, you know, a good knowledge of English, basic knowledge, uh, but they are insecure when they speak and they would like to, you know, work on that in a group. So it's an online course, uh, which you can do in your own pace with, with weekly Zoom meetings where we speak with a group of people. Um, you know, and all of them, uh, you know, we're all working on our English and uh, there's room for mistakes and there's room for insecurities. It's a safe space. So um, when you love the community aspect, then uh, the group or course is perfect. And I also um, today I am um, releasing a free three part video training also for Dutch people. Uh, where I give you the three steps uh, to improve your English. It's going to be it's very valuable. Um, when you're done with my three part video training, you have a plan in place and you can work on your English. Yeah. And uh, in the category of stereotyping, you said it's a free for Dutch people. I think this is a match made in heaven for for yeah. in the stereotyping. <laughs> 
that's something that I usually try to stay away from in my work, but mm -hmm. uh, I didn't want to miss yeah, out on yeah, this yeah. one. Amazing. <laughs> and I think um, uh, you're going to launch that free course today, you said, which is the 17th yeah. of February. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I will make yeah. sure to link to that in the show notes so that people can, other awesome. than where they can find you, can also find the 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 links to your yeah. courses your group program your one-on-one -on -one coaching or mm -hmm. this free of charge yeah. three-day course yeah. amazing yeah thank you very much for being here today and sharing your story and um thank you we will definitely keep in touch i will make sure all your details will be found in the show notes and um i know that you really appreciate when people reach out so i highly recommend people to do, do that i do yeah absolutely all right. <laughs> thanks a lot all right before i let you go i need to fact check one thing with you because there's something that i have said during this episode that is incorrect i have mentioned that english is spoken in 39 countries as a native language and I'm going to correct it for you because English is the official language in 67 countries around the globe. And in fact, around 400 million people speak English as their native. And even though that that might sound like a lot or everyone to you, English is the third most spoken language by native speakers. Mandarin being the first, followed by Spanish on the second. Okay, I hope you enjoyed the talk with us. I would love to welcome you in new episodes, or if there's any specific topics that you would like to hear more about, please feel free to let me know. Tell me what you think of this episode. It makes me happy to receive your feedback. That is the only way how I can improve the content and spread cultural awareness with you guys. You would help me a lot if you would leave me a review on Spotify by hitting the star button when you search for my podcast. And while you're there, please press the notification button if you want to be notified when I upload new episodes. For now, thanks for listening and I'm looking forward to hear from you. Ciao!